Hello, my friend. Jeff C. here with a great new resource that I put together just for you. It's a complete database of all the tools that I use to create content and run my business. I've got apps, software, hardware, and even my favorite AI tools. It's easy to find what you need and tells you exactly how I'm using them in my business. To get access to my toolbox, just go to jeffc.com forward slash toolbox. That's J-E-F-F. S is in Sam, I-E-H. That's I before E, especially in C. That's how my mama had me learn it. So go check it out. And if you haven't heard me say it in a while, I appreciate you listening, my friend. And now, on with the episode. Keeping you up to date on the world of social media. Industry experts, innovators, creators, storytellers, and the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. This is Social Media News Live. Hello, folks. Welcome to Social Media News Live. I'm Jeff C. And you're not. And I'm Grace Duffy. And this is the show that keeps you up to date on the world of social media and beyond. And today, we invited Zach Meacham here to join us to talk about uh, YouTube podcasts. But... Since we booked him and, and and had to have the pleasure of having him on the show, there's been a wave of other YouTube news. It broke following YouTube's inaugural Made for YouTube event that was in Los Angeles this past month. So we're also going to talk about new monetization opportunities for shorts creators and revenue sharing with shorts. We're also going to talk about uh, new updates to the YouTube partner program because Zach is also, in in addition to being an expert on YouTube podcasting, he's also an expert on YouTube. So we're going to dive right into that today. So Zach, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm great. Excited to be here. We're traveling all week and I was really excited to get on because uh, we as a conference that wasn't about YouTube, so now I get to talk about YouTube and get all my stuff out for the week. <laughs> that's right. That's right. What <laughs> conference were you at this week? I've been meaning to ask you. Yeah. So it was Sell and Scale by Helium 10. So it's an oh, Amazon wow. e-commerce. Yeah. yeah. So I'm the chief social media officer for the company there, and I, I do all the recording and get all the YouTube content. So it was fun. Okay. Met some podcasters. Got to talk a little bit, but uh, saw Gary Vee. So it was good. Did you see my friend Raymond Ray? He was there, I think. Uh, do it. Ramon Ray. I'm sorry. Ramon. Ramon Ray. I'm sorry. I Ramon, Ramon Ray. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Okay. He was there, I think, as well. So, um, yeah. Okay. So, uh, man, I'm jealous now that you got to go to that. But anyway, I want to introduce you guys to Zach. If you don't know him, we want to introduce you because he is a YouTube strategist, content creator, podcast host, and video gear fanatic. I love him already. So he's a founder. Uh, um, he is, um, you know, he does all this stuff. He runs a YouTube consulting business with his strategic partner, Evan Carmichael. And he's also the chief social media officer at Seller Universe. His specialty is helping business leverage uh, business leaders leverage YouTube to be the face people know in their given industry. His branding with video podcast teaches you how to build your personal brand with a YouTube podcast. And you can also find him on Amazon where he can help you make better looking and better sounding videos to tell your story and captivate your audience and how you can make money from creating content. I think that's where I first saw you, Zach. And it might be on with yeah. Jim and Chris, but I've seen your Amazon videos. Yeah. What's can you give them a link to your storefront? Do you know that off the top of your head? Uh, yeah, so that's actually we are videomakers live. Okay, very very cool. Dot live. Jeff C. Live's mine. So very very yeah. very very cool. So um, I'm so excited you're here today because we're gonna we're gonna nerd out about this new video podcast yes. stuff. So let's get going, Grace. Absolutely. So let's just jump right in. So the um, first of all, I wanted to put this out there to the audience or watching who is having success with YouTube Shorts. Tell us in the comments if you're having success with YouTube Shorts, how it's going for you, and any questions you might have about because there's some new 
updates that rolled out this last week. And um, I know it's YouTube's is, Sharps is always in something like you just got to do it. You got to do it. But we're kind of like, eh, I don't know. You know, we've always decided. But they finally YouTube finally gave us the answer as to why they detailed several monetization opportunities for creators on his platform at this, again, made for YouTube event in Los Angeles. So they are looking to support creators who are even earlier in their YouTube journey. They introduced a, no, a new lower tier to the YouTube uh partner program with lower requirements, giving creators that are doing either long form shorts, live video, just any type of format that you are into, uh, they're giving them early access to monetization, monetization opportunities and the fan funding features, things like super chats, super thanks, the channel uh, membership. So that is something that's rolling out in 2023. They said more details to come on that. But the big news was that starting, also starting in early 2023, the YouTube partner program will expand to creators who focus on YouTube Shorts. And this, uh, these are people that are meeting a threshold of 1,000 subscribers and 10 million YouTube views over 90 days. So that's 10 million over 90 days will be eligible to apply. This is a new direct monetization options for shorts, which we've never had before. And we all knew this was coming, and we're, but we're still excited about it. It's a clear pathway to make money from your short form content. Um, this is obviously you know, a, a push to compete against TikTok. And these new partners will enjoy all the benefits of their program, including the various ways to make money like ads and again those those uh, fan funding features so zach tell us we'd love to get your insight and reaction to this news and find out what changes if any you'll be making to your to youtube strategy to prepare for these things rolling out in 2023 which is not that far yeah no i think I, i'm excited for this and i'm also a little concerned about this and i i don't think you're hopefully you didn't expect it think that I'm concerned about it, but, um, <laughs> I find that when, when platforms push something, they, they put money behind it. People want to do it. And I think shorts is great for a certain type of creator. And so I think for a lot of creators that have had a really hard time moving from say like TikTok or Instagram reels to YouTube because of some of the limitations, this is going to be fantastic for some of those who create shorter YouTube videos in certain niches. Again, it's going to be fantastic. It will help you to grow your channel. We'll help you get more views and more subscribers, which it does currently. But for most of the clients that I work with for podcasting, things like that, I think it's more than anything going to be a distraction. Um, I don't think they hurt, but I think that if you focus too much on them, it can absolutely hurt your growth because of focusing on something that's not helping as much. So I'm really excited for those who need to come over to YouTube because we need you know more of those amazing shorts from creators who maybe they like TikTok or they like Instagram Reels, but they maybe don't fit in. Someone like me, like I love polished videos. TikTok doesn't like that. I've had so many comments of like, this is over polished. I don't, I don't love this. Um, so I feel like there's a group of creators that are going to flourish with this. And then I feel like there's going to be a lot of distraction, a lot of videos talking and saying, oh, you need to do this when really you should double down on what's already working. So mixed bag. But overall, I love to see that YouTube is pushing this. And I think they have the space already. Now they've really just staked the claim on that short form for you know the creators who really love YouTube. Mm. Mm. So... So there's a lot of people getting started and I know there are a lot of people watching, you know, that are just getting started with like video content and, mm -hmm. and creating and, you know, they would love to make this a full-time gig. So can you talk a little bit about your journey that you've been on for the past two years? Kind of like maybe encourage them a little bit because it's not, I mean, yes. it's not just throw up some video and all of a sudden you're going to go viral. There's a lot of work involved. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, I mean, how I got into YouTube, I was actually going to school to be a PA, a physician assistant, and I found some YouTubers that were, you know, they, they were addressing things that I was interested in. So I, I reached out, I was like, how, you know, what does this look like? Cause I, I've started a lot of businesses. I took, you know, courses in college for business and I was just curious, I was like, how, how are you making this work? And one of them reached out, I was like, well, I'm actually about to quit my, you know, six figure income job and just do YouTube full time. And he was at 50,000 subscribers. Like, how are you doing that? It's like, <laughs> well, I've replaced my income. So I'm, I think it's a good idea. I was like, oh my goodness. Okay. I want to learn from you. And so, you know, he let me write some blog articles, learn from him. Um, pandemic hit and I really went into video. I'd done, you know, background. I had done some right. video stuff, but just played around with it. Um, but I, I saw how much money he was making and I knew I could do video. And so I, I hopped into it and I was, was actually talking about clothing for muscular guys. Cause I have weird things about how clothing fits me and I'm particular about it. So I was like, okay, well I'll just make YouTube content on it. Um, and I think one of the biggest misconceptions I get is people like, oh, I have to have a million subscribers to make good money. It's like, okay, I'm going to go in this thinking about it like a business. I'm going to review clothing and things that I really like and just give people my honest opinion. If I love it, I'll say, hey, here's where you can buy it. If I don't, like, you know, I'll, I'll say that as well. Um, and when I was at 600 subscribers, I actually had a video kind of go mini viral. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sold in the next, like, four or five months, a hundred thousand dollars worth of t-shirts. Um, and I was getting, you know, 15% of that in affiliate commissions. And so at 600 subscribers over four months, I made $15,000. was like, okay, this is like, <laughs> there is <laughs> something works. to this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, if I had 500 videos doing this and you know, 1% of them were like that. Cause that was very much the exception, not the rule. Like that, that's how my buddy is you know, making all of this money. That's how he's doing it. Um, and so I, like okay cool well I, I went through that and actually had some um friends a pa that i i shadowed before i was trying to apply to pa school didn't get in um and a couple of companies locally and i just sent them some tips i saw that they had an audience other places but youtube they're really struggling and i got emails back of oh that's awesome advice what what do you charge for your service like, my service uh like i had never mentioned a service i was pitching yeah. a service um but i ended up getting hired on and the word of mouth and it went from you know small businesses to medium businesses to marketing agencies to fortune 500 companies um and now you know i'm chief social media officer at an agency and then i also do youtube podcast consulting well youtube strategy consulting um i like to focus on podcasts because it kind of fits but right. um yeah it's just it's been accidentally on purpose the entire way uh but I, i've loved it it's been a, been a good journey it's funny you say that actually on purpose because like I was telling my my kids are like in college and they struggle like I don't know what I want to do and I'm like and I was like son you don't understand my job didn't exist when I was I mean there was we didn't there was none of this so you don't I mean find out what you're interested in all this but I I get what you're saying it's like I never thought I'd be here doing this at all Um, a couple quick comments that I want to pull up from our pals Um, so as Chris Always the funny guy. He goes, Zach, meet you. keeping it real. See what I did there. Uh, and then he uh, also says, uh, is, yeah, Zach is a great example of someone who is themselves. When they show up on video, he's a genuine helper and has driven yes. a spirit of excellence. One of the things okay. you mentioned when you were talking about your T-shirts and like, oh, my gosh, this, this starts to add up after a while. And I know, and I've learned this from uh, Chris and Jim, and I know you've done the same thing over at Amazon. It's like people are like, oh, the commissions are so small. It's only like 30 cents. Oh. I'm like... But if you get a you know five hundred thousand of those, it's real money, and it's like it's stacking these nickels and dimes, and it can make a huge difference in replacing some some income. Um, another question I want to I wanted to ask you because we're kind of on the subject. You mentioned shorts and reels and TikToks and kind of mm-hmm. niching down a little bit. Ian says 
I hate to admit this, but I really don't enjoy creating or, you know, consuming short form video content like YouTube shorts, reels, et cetera. Do we need to do them? So he's a marketer and he's going, okay, I know I don't like them, but do I need yeah. to do them? So and also your- he's someone, he's also someone that's experimented with them. So yeah, like yeah. he's done them and he's just, so this is an honest, like he really has tried it. So like, do I really yeah. need to do this if I want to take my business to the next level? So what is your answer to that, Zach? Yeah, I think 100% depends on what the goal is. If you have a goal of getting clients, of having people watch one hour videos, the, I mean, all of the data that I have access to shows that it, there's not a great, you know, funneling down through mm-hmm. from TikTok or shorts into the longer content or into buying your book or buying your course or joining your email list. Like these things that, the one of the things I'm trying to remember which summit it was or YouTube uh, conference a couple months ago. I can't remember if it's VidCon or Vid Summit, but um, they had TikTok and YouTube creators. There were tons of people lined up to meet the YouTube creators and almost no one for the TikTok creators because that connection's not there. I have so many people on YouTube like, I'm their friend. I'm like, actually, I don't think I've ever had any sort of interaction with them, but I feel like I know them well right. enough. Mm-hmm. And the only TikTok creators that I have that with is I'm in a group of 50 or 60 TikTok creators that are making five figures a month, most of them on TikTok. So it can work, but those are the only ones I really feel like I have that connection with. And so it is different. Both can work. You know, I I went all in on TikTok for a couple of months. I went from a hundred to 30, 30,000, I'm like 35,000 now on there um, in three months. And did I get some clients? Yes, but it was, there was one client and it was my biggest contract to date. So that was great. That led to another one. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was, it was such a small, probably wouldn't have happened if I hadn't have been commenting and really interacting with people. If I just had a posted content, probably wouldn't mm-hmm. have happened. The one thing that has happened just from posting content, and it was actually a comment on a small TikTok creators channel. Um, I said that I had you know, a couple of brands of lights and I actually preferred, um, you know, Aperture's budget line. Aperture saw that they reached out to me and we started working together, sending me some stuff and, um, which is awesome. Cause when I reached out, they said no, but they, they saw that I was actually creating things that were um, helpful, but that's, it's the only thing of posting shorts or, you know, TikTok that right. has really come that way. So do you need them? No. Is it helpful for, to your goal? It really depends on your niche and what you're trying to do. Oh, that's thank you for that honest answer because you know a lot of people are like oh yeah you gotta be all in and da, da, da. and you know I, like you're saying there there is some things that you know you need to keep in mind and like you have to, everybody has to budget their time so where are you gonna make mm-hmm. the most money so I think that's great one of the things I do want to do a, a shout out really quick to our sponsors Ecam yeah. you can find out more about them at socialmediaslive.com forward slash Ecam they are what makes this show possible so go check them out and we're gonna be talking about video podcasting in our second segment but they have an incredible thing coming up next weekend Grace and I will actually be speaking there it's leap into podcasting and it's all about how to you know start a video podcast I hope we kind of whet your appetite to today with Zach here, who's kind of, he knows all about it. He's got a podcast about it. Um, so um, if you're wanting to do this, Ecamm's a great tool for doing that. You know, you can even use it to use, make reels and shorts. I know Chris uh, does some really cool TikTok and uh, short uh, kind of stuff with some of his content that he does for Dealcasters. So, um, but yeah, you can do it right all inside of Ecamm. So make sure you check them out. Socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. So um, really quickly, as we go on, I know that, um, We've got some, we, we kind of got to rush through this section because there's some news. And Grace, you're going to kind of break this down because it's uh, more money for creators, which is always good. The, the monetization for the, shorts. 
Yeah, we just talked about that, Jeff. <laughs> well, we but, but we have some more yeah. we have some more things about it because it's like it's a big. I want to make sure we cover it because um, you know this is lowering the tier for some people. So. Oh yeah, yeah. So the the updates from the from yeah, yeah. the event this week. So yeah, mm -hmm. we we're talking about how they have the lower tier requirements for every creator. So the long form, short uh, shorts, and then live video, uh, giving you earlier access to monetization opportunities, which is you know the. Uh, super thanks, super chat, super stickers, and the channel memberships. And this is all rolling out in 2023 and more details to come. And then we're also talking about how this, uh, they lowered the, or they're introducing a threshold in which you can now just be a shorts creator and mm -hmm. still participate in the uh, YouTube partner program. So the, to meet that threshold was a thousand subscribers and uh, 10 million shorts views over 90 days. So tell us if that's, <laughs> Zach, if that's reasonable or enough, like 10 million sounds like a lot, but then if you're thinking like you're generating all of this content, um, you know, shorter content, people are consuming more of it. So maybe like 10 million views is realistic. What do you think? I, I think this is hard because I don't know what the decision was, like what data they looked at. If it was 10 million over 12 months, I think that would be more reasonable. If you look at TikTok, I work with a couple of TikTok creators that have over a million sub, you know, followers, and that's easy. 10 million for them on TikTok, easy. But they come over to YouTube, it's a different algorithm. It's a different mindset. It's a different type of content, and their best shorts are 80,000 and when they're normally getting millions and millions of views. And so I think for some creators, it's going to be a very small amount, um, at least with how things are working now for shorts with the data that I have. Again, I'm because of what I do, I'm, I don't test shorts nearly as much anymore. I'm not as big of a mm -hmm. fan of them because of the niche. Um, mm -hmm. I think they probably will be kinder um, to creators that way as we go forward. And honestly... <laughs> I need to, I need more data on this, but it seems like shorts only channels tend to do a little bit better. Um, they mm -hmm. absolutely can work to build your long form, but if you're getting 10 million views, I'm, I'm thinking you're posting a short nearly every day, uh, maybe yeah. two a day and they need to be what YouTube wants. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I'm mixed on this. Well, it sounds like to me that, excuse me, it sounds like to me it's the same cadence that TikTokers do, right? So if you follow TikTokers, like uh, the bigger ones will, or not bigger, like a lot of them will post every single day. They've got something going mm -hmm. every single day. And this feels like a, and of course, everyone has said this, this is a shot across the bow at TikTok and trying to capture some of that audience. But do you think, because to me, it feels like if you're on TikTok, you're you're on there, right? And then if you're on YouTube, mm -hmm. there's, it seems to be like two different types of creators, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing here is, again, this is wonderful news, but again, it's, I think it's a bit of a distraction because I don't know any YouTube or content creator that makes a bulk of their money through the YouTube partnership program or any program like this that couldn't mm -hmm. be making, I, I do know a few, but they could be making 10 times that if they were to really focus on building it like a business most of the time it, it it's like 10% of their income, mm. you know, five to 10%, which is great. Like it can absolutely pay for a team of people to create your content. It can pay for itself. But if you're focused on that, you're, you're not really building all of these other things that will allow you to become a full-time creator. Because if I was to rely on the YouTube partner program, even with creating content for years, I, I couldn't be full-time. There's no way. Um, so it's, and I worked with a guy and 
it took 10 years before they were able to go full-time based on that income. And it, it's up and down based mm-hmm. on the seasons, based on the ad bids. Like it, it's really, it's a roller coaster ride. So build a business behind it and focus on that. And this is a bonus. It's a plus. It's, it's nice kind of passive income, sort of, um, <laughs> just don't focus on it. Like it's, I really, really think people should not focus on it and just take it as kind of that bonus check that you're surprised to get. So well, can, if anyone that's ever done short form content, you know that it's not passive at all. <laughs> it's yes, like, it's right. like, <laughs> very, like, very hard work. Like, yes. Oh my gosh, that's a lot. <laughs> like, I always think that like doing this live show once a week to me is like a breeze. I love it. It's easy. It's a conversation. But if you were to t- tell me, talk in 30 seconds, make it fun and entertaining and, and viral, I'd be like, that's okay, hard. no. Yeah. No, I can't do that. Yeah, so really quickly, because we have some people joining in who kind of caught a little bit of it. So let's, Andy Small has like from over LinkedIn. So what exactly is the YouTube partnership? Oh. So just really quick, a little overview. And then I have a follow-up question about that. Yeah. Yeah. So the YouTube partnership program is that, you know, when people say, Hey, I need a thousand subscribers and 4,000 hours of watch time. That's what they're meaning. The qualifications to be able to have YouTube pay you is that, and that's, you know, kind of the, the benchmark everyone's reaching for. But if you heard my story, you know, I made, you know, 10, you know, 15 grand before I ever was monetized. And even to this day, like I still have that channel and I've tried to let it die. I get (laughs) from AdSense, I get $150 a month every month. Like it just, it has stayed there. It hasn't died. It's growing actually. But my affiliate commissions from that channel are two to three times that every month, again, without touching them. And with my biggest affiliates shutting down and moving programs and me not keeping up with it. So, um, it's, it's nice. It really, really is. But building that base of the affiliate videos has been so much more beneficial. So, yeah. so a really uh, quick question is, um, so you kind of mentioned that this is like, if you get into the YouTube partner program, it's not really a way to grow your business. Um, so you mentioned that, you know, that's kind of a bonus. Can you just really quick rattle off some ways that are a better way to make money if once you start you know, growing your YouTube channel just so people can maybe have some hope and like, all right, get some ideas. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I think the easiest to to get into is affiliate programs. Um, Amazon is probably the easiest one to get into, but it is the lowest commission. So if you're doing Amazon live, that's great. My Amazon affiliate commissions, which means like I have a link in my YouTube videos is really, really low. My best ones where I would go direct to a company that I really, really liked. I would find their affiliate program, which Usually you just search that company name and then affiliate and you sign up there. They just need some information. So they can give you a link so that people can click over. Usually they'll give you a coupon code or something as well for people to use. Um, but there have been several brands that didn't have that. And I reached out and was like, hey, you know, let, can we get one set up? I'd really like to talk about your, your products. Mm-hmm. And so that's one way. Um, you can sell services. You can sell courses. You can sell, you know any sort of product that you create, which is also a great way you can partner up with brands. And instead of just getting the affiliate products and, you know, commissions, you can have brands pay you. I've had multiple brands pay me money and almost always it's been a brand that I already use. I, I if I get the product and I don't like it, I'm never, I don't care what right. the amount of money is. I'm not going to tell my audience that it's amazing. Um, and there's a stigma around that. I don't think you should have that just create good content around things you know, like, and trust. Um, but those are some of the, I would say the easiest ways to do. There are other things you can do, but if you're just getting started, that's, that's what I would look at. 
That's great advice. That's where it's the price of admission right there, folks. So <laughs> right make sure you go right, right back and, and, um, and check that out. Uh, one of the last things I want to talk about really quick, and this was a final update from all this news, is that YouTube introduced Creator Music, a new destination in mm -hmm. YouTube Studio that gives YouTube creators easy access to an ever-growing catalog of music for use in their long-form videos. So creators can actually buy affordable, high-quality music that the licenses that they kind of offer the full monetizing potential later. And creators who don't want to buy a license up front will be able to use the songs and share revenue with the tracks, artists, and associated rights holders. So it's currently in beta in the U.S. and expanding to some more countries in 2023. So this has always been kind of a, music has kind of been a sticky topic on YouTube and reels and shorts and all this stuff. Um, it's not really universal or transferable across countries, which means that you can get your YouTube videos flagged, which is a pain. And live streamers face this problem with live events and even religious services like church services and games. Um, and even, I don't know if you've used royalty-free music, but those could even get flagged. Then you have to deal with that, even though eventually you get you know, it released. But um, a lot of countdown timers on live streaming services have this get flagged sometimes. So do you think that this creator uh, music, Zach, is a good solution to this problem, or is it kind of like a halfway measure? I think... I think it's a good compromise. I think there's there's also a, a platform licked um, that that does something similar. But I think if if you can have the option of I want to buy the license and use it on my video, if you're a bigger creator, this is going to be worth it for you. Just buy the song um, or choose a different one. Or if you're like I don't know if this is going to be worth it for me, I would rather just split the revenue with the artist. Like if you have both options, I think that's awesome. Like it's mm -hmm. it's a hard like like you said, it's hard because. The artist they created this music they should get paid for it but right. also it, the, the thing they're really there for is the content you're creating mm -hmm. so i i do like this um it'll be interesting to see how it plays out but um the I'm, i haven't looked at this but licked is a similar service i need to go and compare them um see right. what the difference is there's as you mm -hmm. pay for the license and it's like seven dollars a song or something so so um, yeah. there's a great question here. I uh, wonder if the music is going to be easy to browse and is fairly good quality. The good quality mm. is is going to be the thing. That's a trick. Um, yeah. Yes. That's a so. tricky one. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so yeah. anyway, we'll see what happens. But uh, I agree. Like it's got to be one easy to find songs and not have the same songs that everybody uses. Like I can even watch commercials like on TV and I'm going, oh, I recognize that song from that library, <laughs> you know, yeah. and you're like, OK, uh, so um just uh, th that's the thing is you don't want to be with everybody else. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how this works. So, all right. So we're going to move on to this next section because this is our, why everybody is, is here. And yes. uh, go ahead, Grace, take this away. Oh, absolutely. So I want to kick this off with saying that there was a study by market research firm Cumulus, and this was published in May 2022. So just a few months ago, and it found that YouTube is already the most popular platform for podcasting. Would not have thought about that. It's outperforming Apple Podcasts and Spotify, according to the study. So drop us in the comments, drop a comment in the here and tell us how many of you watch or listen, because sometimes you're passively having YouTube in the background. How many of you engage with podcasts on YouTube? Other than this one, of course. But tell us if you in the comments if you this is something that you do while we introduce this. So YouTube podcast. So YouTube podcast was launched. It's a dedicated page for podcasts. This was launched over a month ago. It is now available in uh, U.S. user to U.S. users only. It's not globally at this time, but at no. But there's no doubt that it will be very soon. But tech watchers have seen this coming for months prior to launching this dedicated beta up. Uh, 
page for for podcast <coughs> podcasting, YouTube did appoint a podcasting executive, the first of its kind. So it's Kai Chuk, and he was has been YouTube for almost a decade, largely working with managing media partnerships, and he is now the global head of of. Uh, uh, podcasting at YouTube, and he manages a large volume of these existing podcast relationships across YouTube. In March, YouTube offered $50,000 for individual shows and two hundred to 300000 for podcasting networks to pivot this video. These were considered grants to help them with their setup. Don't know why we didn't sign up for that, Jeff, but something that right. I wish we could have. <laughs> I could use help with my setup, right? right. And like, so you, we already saw that YouTube was making major investments going this direction. A site called Pod News leaked an 84-page presentation detailing YouTube's pro- podcasting roadmap. This included audio ads, new analytics for audio-centric creators that were integrated into the YouTube data for podcast measurements, and it also integrated podcast measurement platforms like Nielsen, Chartable, PodTrack. So again, with this cumulative study saying that YouTube is already the most popular platform outperforming Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and I know we get, we hear a lot about Apple, but when last week when we were talking about this, it's like still 60 something percent are not on Apple, right? They're on, they're scattered among other platforms. But anyway, so we've always you know, whenever we talk about podcasting, we always focus on Apple. But I was wondering with YouTube dominating the space or supposedly dominating the space, like, should we be asking for likes and subscribes instead of ratings and reviews? That's a good question. So I, I love, and you know, it's a different study, I think, but I think the reason why people love YouTube podcasts is it 60% of people, I don't know what the questions were, but they said they would prefer to have video with their podcasts, which is funny because when I have video with my podcast, I still turn the screen off. I still change this app. I still just listen, but it, it's this mental thing of, I, I want to, I don't know, maybe qualify the, the persons cause I can see them. I can, you know, and then when they're explaining things, I can, I can hop into the video if I want. Um, but it's, uh, I, I think if you are, going to create a podcast you're already doing all the work all you do need to do is is to record um right. you just add the video like it's it's not that hard and sorry what, what was your original question my mind's going on a tangent so i, I know there sure was a lot of question. information there so yeah, you're good. basically like youtube is already again the most according mm-hmm. to this one study and it's and it's it says that YouTube is already the most popular platform for podcasts. And it did this, it captured this market without really trying, supposedly. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously they've been yeah. investing in it, but you know, this poses a significant challenge to um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, which has spent millions and billions on podcast related technology and trying to get, you know, people to do exclusive deals with them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's just, I'm wondering if like those of us that are podcasters, should we be putting more of our focus on YouTube as opposed to like Apple or Spotify? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you asked likes and subscribes as well. Um, My thought is to always put YouTube at the center of your content creation for a few reasons. One, I like when I talk to podcasters that like, Hey, I'm top 50, top 100 on Apple podcasts. Why would I shift to YouTube? And the reason, biggest reason is that YouTube its algorithm has two benefits that, well, I guess one main benefit that podcasting doesn't. With podcasting, you have some SEO. It's not great, but there's mm-hmm. some there. Right. Otherwise, you have to promote it. You have to email it out. You have to you know, mention it on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on wherever. On YouTube, 70% of views come from recommended. And so if you do a good job with your podcast, you have a very engaging one, two first you know, a couple of minutes, you know what you're doing with your thumbnails and your titles. 
YouTube will recommend your podcast to other people to find. You don't have to do any work. And the largest growing segment of videos is one hour plus right now. So that's perfect for video podcasts. Like it is undersaturated and that's where most of the watch time happens. And so YouTube is promoting that like crazy. And so I, I, I don't think you ever have to ask for likes and subscribes. Some creators say I get better if I ask for a subscribe. Others say they don't. And YouTube's algorithm has actually changed a bit where most of, and this has been the case for a long time, but if you look at your analytics, like 90% of the people watching my videos aren't subscribed. And that's not a problem because YouTube is always pushing videos out to new audiences as long as you're doing those things right. So would it be nice to have more subscribers? Sure, but it's kind of a vanity metric with how most of it works. Like it, it does help but not as much as you think it does. And so I don't think you need to ask for likes and subscribes, but you do have to edit the podcast differently to feel native as a podcast versus feeling native as a YouTube video. So there's a little bit of work there. Okay, cool. So I, once again, our drinking game, I'm going to mention Google plus uh, oh. because back in the day, that's what, I mean, that's your whole thing about what you said, Zach is like, why not do a video? Now I know some people just, just it, it scares them to death to be on camera. I get that. Yeah. So, I'm not talking to you, but most people just with a little extra effort, you can go and go live and you get all this content. We've talked about this in the past and that's what we've done from the beginning is strip of the audio out from a video because you have so much more content uh, that way. But uh, so I'm, I'm feeling what you're saying there. Um, but there's some, some great questions um, and some wow. comments. This is from Katie Simpson. She says, it's so easy to find podcasts on YouTube so much easier than on Apple. I love watching them. Uh, and, and so uh, I think that's a great point. It's really interesting because I just went to podcast movement and there's still people who say it doesn't matter. It's all, it's still um, Apple is the way. And so I, but you look at share of ear and the guys from Edison research and they're saying, this is where people are discovering new podcasts is on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So um, just keep, I mean, I just think it's it's worth doing. And every everybody was talking about video podcasts at Podcast Movement. But here's a question again from Andy Small, and I think this is a great question so we can clarify it for people. This may sound like a silly question, but what is the difference between having a podcast on YouTube versus an ongoing YouTube video series? So Zach, Good what point. would you say to Andy? Yeah, no, I think that's an excellent question. I think that... The problem, and again, with this mindset of if I'm doing a podcast in the center and YouTube on the side, I'm going to treat my podcast like a podcast on YouTube. It's not It's not like a podcast on YouTube. Earlier today, you know, I was reading through the email that you sent over with the, the news updates. I had listened to it once before, but I wanted to make sure to refresh my mind. And as soon as that video is finished, it auto-played a podcast episode of one of the podcasts that I listened to on YouTube. That has never happened to me on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere else. It doesn't autoplay someone else's podcast that YouTube knows you're interested in. So me as a podcast creator, I want to be like, if you listen to something on, you know, thought leadership or, you know, building a better looking, better sounding studio, like I want my video to be next and YouTube will do that. Other platforms won't do that. And so if I focus on you know, having this YouTube centered podcast, I'm going to treat it differently. So YouTube series, you know, videos on YouTube, maybe five to 20 minutes, you know, depending on what you're talking about, what you're doing. Um, If you're in the education space, the business or thought leadership space, 30 minutes minimum hour is better. Um, That's my advice. Take it or leave it. But um, it's a series would be something like my, my podcast studio. And so I've created videos on my travel podcast studio. Now I'm creating a video on my entire studio. And so I'm, 
it's a topic it's a series that you can watch through but you have to watch this like if you listen you'll be totally lost you will not know what's going on if you listen to my video podcast you can have a great experience just listening or you can have a great experience watching as well because there is you know guests and there's screen shifts like you guys have done here that it is engaging enough to let you watch or just listen whereas a youtube video doesn't do that you, you will you will regret just listening to it for the most part mm. so we've so got we have a, yeah yeah we have a follow-up question from katie well first of all she asks is everyone is youtube uh podcast available to us only or is it available to the uk it is us only right now it is a it's still in beta they're testing it so it's only available in the us at the moment but again I don't think it'll take very long for it to go global. But she also asks, can you download a YouTube podcast episode onto your device so that you can listen to the car or et cetera, which is a lot of the reason why people that are very, uh, that have been doing this for a while and, and it's an audio only experience, they tend to be like, well, you know, this is how I listen to podcasts. I, I'm in the car, I'm gardening, I'm doing all this other stuff. And it doesn't feel like you can do that YouTube. So can you download a podcast episode from YouTube and still listen to it and, you know, when you're on the go? Yeah. So I pay for YouTube premium. So I don't, <laughs> it's been a long time since I've had the basic, I can absolutely download videos and watch them later. Um, I feel like with the podcast, like one of the changes will be the ability to download a little bit different. Um, like most people, if you don't pay for, I think there's red and premium. Like if you don't pay for one of those, you can't turn your screen off and listen. Podcasts will change that so that even if you don't pay for YouTube, you can turn your screen off on your phone and listen on the go. I believe that they would also allow you to download. Um, I don't know if that's the case for me. If I pay for it, I can, um, but I don't know if you can on the free one. So um, that would be something I feel like they would address in some of So like I know on so. YouTube, so um, we didn't download it, but like my wife and I were driving the other day and we were listening to like something from our church and it was on YouTube and we just, I just had it on my car and I was able to still use my navigation, not have a window up, because that would be dangerous <laughs> and just and listen to it while we're yeah. going down the road through our, 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 our device. So um, I think it's coming there. I think it's going to be a, a lot easier. One of the things I do want to talk about is um, life of uh, Brian Farrell says this is really, really powerful. So what you said, uh, Zach, earlier about discoverability, like that's always been a problem for podcasts is like if you're not on the new and noteworthy for a certain amount of time on Apple and if you're not in like those top things, getting discovered, and I think it was really key, and I think you guys really need to pay attention to this, is that what he said about the recommended, that after a mm -hmm. podcast is done, it goes to something that is similar that you may not have heard about before, but is still in that, you know, the recommendation engine is what, you know, YouTube is famous for, and that's what they want to do to keep you on the site. That is huge for podcasters. I mean, that is really, really huge. If you're struggling to get uh, your podcast noticed, this is something you really need to pay attention to. So you're right, uh, Brian, that was very, very powerful. So um, anyway, I wanted to call attention to that because I had never heard it explained that way before, Zach, and that was yeah. really, really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. And um, one thought on that as well as, I mean, you talking to half the podcasts I listen to now, I, I found on YouTube. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, that's hopefully that's, you know, evidence there, but, um, Spotify has, you know, I don't know if they, I think they acquired anchor. I don't know if they partnered yeah. or acquired yeah, either way. Like you can upload video podcasts now, which I've started doing because I wanted to test it, mm -hmm. but it has all of the downsides of a podcast discoverability in addition to the downside of now you have to also download this video. That is if I, if I export, I normally export at 4k, right. if I export at 720p 
it's almost two gigabytes worth of data. Mm. And so I don't think most people, you know, my phone can handle that, but I'm a tech guy. Like, I don't think most people want to download right. two gigabytes to be able to listen to and watch a podcast. So, um, and maybe they do, but I feel like that has a long way to go. Whereas YouTube already has it all kind of figured out. And so. it's got, <laughs> and it's got SEO and it's good. I mean, it shows yes. up in Google. I mean, all that stuff. So um, yeah. one of the the things is, so, you know, this, this move from YouTube kind of predicts this huge change in podcasting. Like I said, everybody was talking about it at podcast movement. So, you know, video, we've always talked about video in the last three years, like this is the year of video. Um, and, you know, we've <laughs> got to move to this visual format. So we've we've read a lot of these established podcasters and radio institutions that are bracing YouTube and video podcasting. There was huge companies that were at podcast movement. Like, I mean, I was in the elevator with somebody from Fox Media and all this. I mean, there are these big brands kind of doing this land land grab. And, you know, in fact, in August, YouTube partnered with NPR to bring on 20 plus of its most popular shows to YouTube. So how do you stand out in the crowd, Zach, if you're just getting started with podcasting or even video podcasting? How do we get our podcast discovered? I mean, you mentioned the, the recommendation engine. Is there any other way, anything else we should do to kind of boost our, product, our uh, discoverability? Yeah, I think there's a... a process here that you work right. through but the thing here is that you, you have both sides you have recommendation and you have seo and so if you do everything right that you are on your podcast you know get a good title thumbnails are a bit different on youtube so you'll mm -hmm. you want to figure out what works best for you there um, but you can be found for search and the biggest mistakes i see is people treating it like their podcast so they'll put like you know the we are you know branding with video show episode one sees like you're, you're putting like nobody's searching that <laughs> you, right. you, you want to put something where it's like um you know christo's top tips on youtube like i had christo on and that was you know he's searched a lot on youtube pod you know youtube tips are searched a lot and so it doesn't look like a podcast episode but when you get into it it absolutely is and so that's for search that's helpful but again it's only 30 percent of views and so focusing on that is helpful but it's not the most helpful. The most helpful is that recommended. And one of the best things you can do is look at videos that you want your video to come after. And so go find videos that are already on the topic that you're talking about. You know, if there's, if it's similar, use the title, use a variation of the title. Like if, if you can connect your video to that video on YouTube's mind, you have a lot better, you know, ability to get suggested at the end of that video or down the side next to that video. And once people start watching it, you know, YouTube's going to get data on that. The one thing I will say here is that most people, you know, aren't going to do any of this, which is, which is fine. For the few of you that right. are going to go try this, be patient. YouTube videos that are under 15 minutes get good data quickly. You know, that first four to six weeks, you should start to see whether or not this is going to be a good video. Hour-long plus content, for the most part, doesn't start picking up until that 60 to 90 day range and so you're gonna be like well my my views are way lower like this this is terrible zach has horrible advice why would i ever do that and then two or three months later you're gonna be like wait a second like it's my watch time is 10x and my views are double like what what's going on here it's like well youtube is now picking it up and like sorry you're if your average watch time is 20 percent on a five minute video that's really really short even if it's a hundred percent on a five minute video if it's 20 percent on an hour or two hour video has a lot of watch time. YouTube can show a lot of ads in that time and they really, really like to be able to show ads to make money. And so if you have that longer content, find, just find that video you want. I want my video to come after it. Really, really close title. Um, thumbnails are 
a much higher percentage of the click-through rate or people actually watching. So um, I would focus on that more, but that's, that's kind of the skeleton of the structure of how to get discovered. That's really great advice. Do you have any, like, I know I use uh, TubeBuddy to like mm-hmm. search out titles and SEO and that kind of stuff. Do you have any other tools that would be great to help people when they're putting together, like they're trying to do what you just said with, for their video podcast? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There, there are a lot of tools out there. I've used most of them. Um, right now, the main one I use is TubeBuddy, but that's because they have an A-B thumbnail right. test yeah, tool. Really cool. I use that all the time. I, that is, but hands down, the best tool I've ever seen for helping your YouTube channel. Um, as far as titles, you can pay for you know, vidIQ or um, there was a Morning Fam was one yeah. that I used for a while. I like okay. that one if you're just getting started. Um, but the easiest thing you can do, go find a video that relates to yours find a vi- the video that has more views than that channel has subscribers and, and copy that it is a good topic if, if it has more views than that channel has subscribers great advice so um yeah grace you had a question sorry i didn't want to there's a question somebody asked let me oh find yeah it. it was a question that was here in our comments and this person it's linkedin user so i think linkedin might be having a problem getting the names in as well so it says uh they say would it be better to go live on youtube like a so video for people that are live streaming, yeah. is it better like, as opposed to just going, I guess uh, maybe the question is like what we're doing now, which we're just going live and then we're broadcasting or publishing this as a podcast later. Would it be better to do that as opposed to having the video doing the podcast or whatever the arrangement is? Yeah, no, that's excellent question. So the, the problem here is that YouTube, they're like, oh, I want to hack the YouTube algorithm. Once algorithms, <laughs> there, there are so many of them. <laughs> yeah. uh, shorts, <laughs> yes. different one medium form content, different one, long form content, different one, like going live, all of these are different algorithms. And unfortunately for YouTube lives, they, they die really, really quickly. Like, a you know, a week or two out, I'm not getting any more views on my YouTube lives. If I take that same video, edit it and post it as a video, then it does. Uh, but the problem is if you go live and then shortly thereafter post a video, your audience will be like, wait, I'm seeing double like they're, they're gonna pay less attention because you're double posting um I, the only time i'd really i think lives are very beneficial is if you have something timely um that you want to let your audience know like a, i'll i don't know if you write a book and you're launching it or if you have a special product or special event something where you you want people to know and you understand that even if no one sees this video after i'm done it's okay those are the type of things i would do lives for i i used to go live on youtube and it just the numbers don't work out for the amount of effort. So, mm-hmm. so the only, re- so I want to kind of push back a little bit with that mm-hmm. is the only reason I think that I would go live on YouTube is because um, like Gary, I can bring up a comment and like, he's here live mm-hmm. watching with me and I'm, yeah. I'm all about community. And so I want to be able to bring up those people and, you know, talk to them during my show. So, um, yeah. And somebody just said here, uh, my my YouTube live videos are amazing. He thinks they think so. Katie thinks so anyway, and uh, get zero views. But Katie, but um, but if you have some comments, you know, like what we're doing here, that's what I was saying. Like, so would you say for community, it'd be, but you would still take it down, edit it, and then put it up at a later date. Yeah. So I mean, what I currently do, I've stopped live streaming to YouTube and I funnel people over to LinkedIn or Amazon or you know wherever else I'm streaming it for that community building. And then YouTube, YouTube, it is a community, but it's LinkedIn is very community network. Like it is right. very, very much like if you're not interacting and you're just posting content, you're not going to do well there. And so that's much more geared for that than YouTube is on YouTube. You can never 
ever interact in the comments and have your content do well. Like mm-hmm. YouTube does care, but it cares very, very little compared to something like a LinkedIn. And so how my workflow goes, I, it doesn't make sense for me to live stream to YouTube. I do. I love that you can bring up that interaction, but the interactions in that YouTube video, if someone's rewatching it, it's kind of, gotcha. it's not mm-hmm. the best experience. It's good, but it's, Right. It's a little off-putting. So for me, I would recommend you stop YouTube, keep all the other ones, and then post it as a video later after it's been edited. Right. But you do, you'll have to teach people on YouTube that, hey, we're over on Amazon or we're over on LinkedIn or wherever else it is. So that's a call you have to make, but that's that would be my suggestion. <laughs> so everybody well, you know- in, in the comments, I want to know, so you guys watching on YouTube, yeah. would you rather us go and like post it later and then you would interact on a different channel? Or do you like, no, I want my YouTube. I want to comment on YouTube. So <laughs> let us know. Um, yeah. And um, I'm going to bring up this question before we move on to Grace's. I know you have some more comments and questions. So uh, Gary says, how do you stay? This is great. So how do you stay motivated when stats are discouraging? 148 views on a video you slaved over. Is it a matter of finding an audience or improving content? Mm, that's a good question. Gary's yeah, a man. That's an excellent question. So I think the hard thing here is, I, honestly, like if I could look at it, I could give you a better answer. But I, I have a lot of videos and for example, I had Chris Doe on, and for the first couple of months, it hardly got any views. He has 2 million subscribers just on YouTube. Like his audience is massive. And I was like, this is, this is frustrating, but the content on YouTube lives essentially forever. Like there, uh, if you go look, sometimes when you search, you see a video from 13 years ago and it just <laughs> keeps going. And so if you're frustrated and it's been six months or less, it, maybe it was, maybe that the first one or two minutes of your video wasn't great and if that's the case like you can in your studio so he posts on youtube so i know this will make sense but if you post on youtube go to your studio which is where you upload your videos there's a tab for um, analytics on each video so click on the video you want to look at and then on the left hand side there'll be analytics and you can see where people are dropping off so if you have this steep drop at the very beginning of your video something you were doing there isn't something you should be doing because everyone's leaving and usually with live streams that's what happens because you're welcoming people you're saying hi or if you treat youtube like a podcast you say welcome to my podcast and people on youtube don't care like it's not a show it's a video and so there is this shift and so um, one thing i've done is youtube has an editing feature where you can edit the video you don't have to take it down or re-upload it you can just cut clips out and you can cut them out any part of the video i just make sure that first minute is cut into something of really high value. And sometimes that hurts because like I'm cutting out five, six minutes of my show, but it's hopping right into value and people are staying. And I have a channel that I'm I'm testing this on um, and changing thumbnails, click-through rates have 5X'd. Cutting off that first chunk has, again, about 5X'd watch time. And so it kind of hurts, but... Your, your intros might suck. I, I, I know you don't want to hear that, but they, they might. Some of mine do. Yeah. And they've got to edit it. And so when you're doing a podcast, yeah. that's why I would suggest recording, doing a little bit of post-production, introducing it and getting the podcast into it. Because if you can keep someone that three or four minutes, the rest of it doesn't need to be super highly polished. Like you don't, you don't need to cut out ums. You don't need to really do much. But if that, if you lose them in that first two or three minutes, it doesn't matter how good the rest of your content is because they'll never know. Mm. Well, that's- so Gary did 
Gary did qualify that with it was an interview with the Federal Reserve Bank. So, yeah. you know, it could be anything. Okay. We'll have to we'll have to visit your YouTube channel and, and find yeah. that out. So and Brian is very sweet. He goes, I come to YouTube because I thought it helps you guys more. I'll watch whatever fits you well, guys. I did want to I did want to address that. So like, yeah. yeah, so Brian said he would come to us wherever we are. Uh, uh, Jim over Fusion Marketing says super chats and super thanks. I think I'd prefer YouTube. Emily D. Okay. Baker's crushing it with live streaming on YouTube. Uh, someone on LinkedIn, of course, says LinkedIn is for building better relationships or building relationships uh views i guess oh is a chopping okay so that was addressing your yeah. stuff so i also wanted to comment add here that we are happen to be multi-streaming so we are mm-hmm. on youtube linkedin with with the pairs feature we can you know we're on multiple youtube channels we're on multiple uh facebook multiple twitter accounts wherever wherever it is that we want to go streaming and our guests are invited to stream too so part of this is we're also getting comments from all over as you can see us calling out comments from youtube facebook linkedin so um so we are that is one of the things that we're doing so we're not necessarily just going live on youtube which is which is partially why we get a lot of these comments so yeah. The other thing is, and I think this Brian says this, and I think this is a really great point yeah. to to do is he says chopping out bits really does help and has helped him as well. Yeah. So I think that's really good to focus in on uh, what Zach says. Um, but before we we're, we're right at time, boy, this has been fun. Thanks, Zach, yeah. for all this great advice. Now I've got to go and change everything and try new, all these <laughs> new stuff. Um, but kind of a, a kind of a last kind of a wrap up question what can we do to improve our YouTube strategy for massive growth this year? So like what's working, what's, you know, has been working and is not anymore. And what is kind of coming up? Like you mentioned these YouTube podcasts. Um, Is there anything special we need to do to get on that new YouTube podcast page? Or is it, how does, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I'll let you have the, the last part of the show and kind of wrap us up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So to address the podcast, part first i don't know what gets you on there i've had someone on linkedin screenshot and say hey you were on the page and i was and it wasn't one of my podcast episodes <laughs> so they know <laughs> i have they know i have podcast episodes right but it, it's a little glitchy and so there's no information on how to get on there i would say focus on what is working um for anyone creating a podcast if you're in the education thought leadership business like if you're trying to you know create change in people and help them go longer um, I, I know it sounds intimidating. Go at least 30 minutes. I would say shoot for an hour minimum. Um, I, I think is going to benefit you in the long run. Um, focus on what we talked about that first two or three minutes. Like the thing here is if you're clicking on a five minute video and you want to know that you're on the right video, I'm going to give it like, you know, 10% maybe of watch time. And so you have 30 seconds or I'm gone and usually less than that. But if I click on an hour long video, that's really solving a big problem for me. I'll give you a minute because I'm, I'm about to watch 60 minutes and it's a, it's a problem that I really need help with. If you're saying, Hey, this is the best pen ever watch an hour long. I'm sorry. I'm never watching an hour long video on a pen that that should be a 30 second or, you know, one minute video. So make it, make the length of your videos according to what you're talking about. But don't make short videos just because you feel like that does better. Um, to be competitive, watch time and have YouTube show your shorter videos. You have to keep people, if you're under 10 minutes, you have to keep people anywhere between 80 and 65% of the video on average. That means the average person watching your video across everyone is watching 80% or you know 65% on the low end of your video. That's, that is crazy. That is very, very difficult. Even for me, that is incredibly hard to do. But if you're longer, it there's not that much content that's longer. And so the algorithm's a lot more forgiving. So uh, go longer. And then that 
the analytics that we talked about, if you can keep 70% of people in that first minute, that video is golden. Like you were doing incredible. That's a really, really high bar to set. But if you focus on that first one or two minutes of your video, and that's the only thing you focus on, you're going to be much better. There are thumbnails, things like that you can focus on, but it doesn't matter if you get all these clicks and people don't watch your content. So that first minute and you know, the rest can be decent content. You do need to be a good, you know, right, know what you're right. doing, know what you're talking about. But if you lose people in that first minute, it doesn't matter. So. Awesome. Well, this has been amazing. Um, Zach, you're just that we got to have you on again because this was really great. Yeah. You got so many Absolutely. great um, uh, stuff and, and dropped a ton of great knowledge. But let's tell people where they can find you, what you're doing, your courses, any of that stuff. Let people know where they can find uh, all things about you. Yeah, absolutely. So you can, I mean, you can find me on YouTube. You can find me on LinkedIn. I connect with me on LinkedIn. I would love that. Um, YouTube, you'll find a lot of my content. I do post that to LinkedIn to let you know when those are coming out. But um, I did actually create a course at one point, a couple of them, and I decided just to give all my best information away for free. I love Alex Ramosi where he's like, give away the information and sell the implementation. Like it, you can learn everything I know through a lot of years of watching YouTube. Like you really <laughs> could. So I'll just give that away for free. But if you, if you do want to work with me, you know, I do have Evan Carmichael as my partner there, and uh, we're really focused on business leaders, thought leaders, um, helping video podcasts to really just help you to be the face of whatever it is that you do that people recognize and think of on, I mean, YouTube is the tool to do that. Like it is absolutely mm -hmm. phenomenal. So DM me on LinkedIn if that's of interest to you, but otherwise, you know, all of my, my content's free, so. Cool. What is your YouTube channel you for a, people to find to find out? Yeah, what is your YouTube channel? Yeah. So if you search Zach Mitchum, I should show up. Um, right now, We Are Video Makers should also show up. I'm rebranding all of my We Are Video Makers stuff to my personal. So Zach Mitchum uh, going forward. But right now, you should still be able to find it under that. Awesome. And that's Zach for our podcast listeners, Z-A-C-H. And then Mitchum is M-I-T-C-H-E-M. Just search it and uh, it'll it'll be the first thing that pops up because that's how i find i found uh, you know, all the stuff for our bios so uh tell people where they can get your linkedin newsletter too because that was something yeah. that i wanted to bring up and highlight as well yeah no, i appreciate that so um if you go to my profile you should be able to find it as branding with video is the newsletter title that's the name of my podcast and i i usually embed the podcast episode, but I also go through and I kind of give you behind the scenes insights of things that I learned interviewing and creating the episode. Um, I don't want you, you know, double content like, oh, if you don't want to listen, just read this. But I want to give you some extra insights and then um, do that. And I've only published like three so far and I have like almost 600 people subscribed there. So wow. it's wow. been well received. So um, yeah, go find me over there. Branding with video um, LinkedIn newsletter. Very cool. I will right, we'll have to have you back on when we talk about branding with video, because yeah. that is a that is a big topic, especially with all of these uh, updates rolling out on across, not just YouTube, but everywhere else. I mean, this yeah. is video. Is, it's, a, yeah. it's the year of video, Jeff. I know. It's always the year of video. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for watching today. Um, we have we had some uh, great questions and yeah. uh, from everybody. We thank you. Uh, and Annie asking your questions. And we got Katie asking. Uh, she goes, says, yeah, great show, everyone. Thank you. Appreciate you. And then, of course, our good friend Chris Stone says, Social Media News Live, the best show on the interwebs. Sprinkle the love out there. Thanks, Chris. And we would love it if you would sprinkle the love out there. So go ahead and spread this all around. This is a podcast as well. So make sure you, uh, on your favorite podcast player, go ahead and uh, subscribe and leave us a rating and review. It really does help us out. 
And with that, Grace, thank you so much. Another amazing show as awesome. Yeah. Thank you for finding Zach. I mean, oh my gosh, that's that's the price of admission right there. So you did an amazing job. We'll see you guys all next week. Don't forget about our sponsor, Ecamm, socialmediaslive.com forward slash Ecamm. And don't forget about uh, what's coming up n- end of next week on Thursday is Leap Into Podcasting. We're talking about all about video podcasting on uh, two days of great training. So we'll see you there. Bye, if everybody. Enough, if you didn't get enough Grace and Jeff, we're, com- we're coming at you next week. <laughs> right. That's right. So see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Social Media News Live.